Welcome back to the uh, Der Show. Uh, two items of breaking news. Number one, the Yankees are ahead, but that could be changing by the time the show is over. And number two, this won't change. Uh, Igor Danchenko, the man who was a source for the phony arguments about uh, Russian collusion and the dossier, was acquitted by the jury. I predicted it. I predicted he'd be acquitted. I predicted it on a number of radio and TV shows um, because juries don't like convicting people of lying to the FBI. The FBI is allowed to lie to them. You're not under oath. Most people don't know that uh, you have to tell the truth when you talk to prosecutors. They don't have to tell the truth to you, but you have to tell the truth to them. One of the most famous cases of that was Martha Stewart. I played a small role at the very, 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 very end of that case, Martha was the husband of one of my law school classmates, so I knew her back in 1959. Uh, that's a long, long time ago. But, uh, you know, she was being investigated for insider trading, and she was never charged with that. But she was charged with lying to uh, the U.S. attorneys. Um, probably they sprung a perjury trap on her. You know what a perjury trap is? It's so simple. Prosecutors of the FBI or the grand jury or a congressional committee like the kangaroo committee that we see in operation now, they ask the witness a question that they already know the answer to. I'll give you an example. I had a case some years ago where my client was a builder in Boston and um, he had paid a $1,500 bribe to a building inspector to get his building built in a timely fashion. The building inspector said, basically, you want it to go up slow, you want it to go up fast. If you want it to go up fast, 1,500 bucks. Paid the 1,500 bucks and the building inspector was an informer and he wired and taped the whole thing. So the FBI had a tape recording of him giving $1,500 in, in unambiguous terms. So then they asked him the question, have you ever paid money to a building inspector? Knowing the answer, but giving him an opportunity to lie, he lied, and eventually uh, we won the case. Um, uh, the courts have held, not all courts, but some courts have held, that it's not the proper function of an investigating committee or of a Congress or of a grand jury to get somebody to lie. The purpose is to get information. If you already have the information, then the question was uh, inappropriate. And in the Danichenko case, I suspect jurors came to several conclusions. Number one, the answers were somewhat ambiguous. It wasn't, you know, were you in Baltimore on the night of December 7th? And he says no. And there's, you know, hotel reservations and tickets. Uh, the, the, the questions were more matters of degree. And he wasn't under oath. And so the jury acquitted him, as I said, as I said, they would. Uh, you know, Durham has not won cases in court. He's done a pretty good job out of court in gathering material, but that, you know, really isn't his job. As a special prosecutor, he's supposed to bring cases, and uh, I don't think we'll see much more uh, in terms of cases brought by Durham. All right, that's the breaking news. Now let's go to, a, to an old story. When Hillary Clinton ran against um, Donald Trump in 2016, Republicans announced that if Hillary Clinton won the election, they would impeach him, impeach her even before she took office. Then when Donald Trump won the election, Lawrence Tribe and others said, we should impeach President Trump even before he takes office. From the day he takes office, he should be impeached. Then they impeached Donald Trump. 
uh, twice. Um, I was involved in the first one, and I argued correctly that the impeachment was unconstitutional. The Constitution is very clear. There are only four grounds for impeachment, and they're specified treason. Nobody suggested any of these folks committed treason. Bribery. They didn't charge him with bribery. High crimes uh, or misdemeanors and, and, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. Misdemeanors is obviously referring to high misdemeanors, misdemeanors of a kind that involve governance. But if you look at those words, treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors, it's obvious that other high crimes and misdemeanors, particularly with the word other, means criminal type conduct akin to treason or bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. It's part of uh, the general uh, clause. The framers of the Constitution were very clear. They rejected an opportunity to have a president impeached on maladministration. Um, and they would never have accepted abuse of power, obstruction of Congress. And I argued that to the Senate uh, successfully back in um, 2000. So now the shoe's on the other foot. Now you get Republicans, some, hopefully not very many, Congresswoman Green uh, from, from Georgia is, is among them, but never take her too seriously. Uh, she um, says as soon as the Republicans uh, take over the House, which is very possibly they will do after the midterm elections, the first thing should be to impeach um, President Biden. And there have been another handful of Republicans who said the same thing. Well, let me be very clear, very, very clear. If that happens, I will strongly oppose it. I'm not going to defend uh, him in court. Yes, I won't be asked, but I will defend him in the court of public opinion. And I will make precisely the same case I made on behalf of Donald Trump, on behalf of, of Joe Biden. What's good for the goose, and the passing the shoe on the other foot test. But what's going to happen is... Everybody else in the world is going to be a hypocrite. I overstated, but it's very close to being true. A lot of Republicans who supported me and said, oh, you need treason, bribery, other crimes and misdemeanors, are going to suddenly forget that and say, no, what President Biden did was clearly impeachable. Impeachment is whatever the House says it is. And Democrats <laughs> uh, who, who urged the impeachment of President Trump on, on the ground that he ob obstructed Congress or abuse power, they're going to suddenly forget that. And, and, and they're going to say, oh, no, no, you need crimes. You need treason, bribery, or other crimes and misdemeanors. None of them will say Dershowitz was right. They will just ignore me, ignore what I said, but they'll adopt my arguments. And uh, you know, the problem with Washington is the national symbol is not e pluribus unum. It's hypocrisy reigns. Both parties, both sides, remember uh, the story of um, of Merrick Garland nominated the Supreme Court by uh, President Obama, and they wouldn't give him a hearing because it was eight months, eight months before the election. If it's eight months before the election, it's too close to the election. Then Ruth Bader Ginsburg dies, and President Trump nominates uh, uh, Justice Barrett. Uh, just weeks before the election, the Republicans suddenly got amnesia. Oh, we forgot what we had said. At least one or two Republicans were honest. They said the difference is we have the power. We can do it. We can do it. Uh, and uh, that's hypocrisy. And they're not even embarrassed about the hypocrisy. And I don't think people will be embarrassed about the hypocrisy of Democrats suddenly saying you need high crimes and misdemeanors. And Republicans say, whoops, no, you don't. If it's, 
if, it, if it's Biden, we can impeach him, just like Democrats said, if it's Trump, we can impeach him. But I don't know about anybody else, but I'm sticking to my principles, uh, which is why nobody likes me. Uh, you know, Republicans want me to be consistently Republican. Democrats want me to be consistently Democrat. I'm not. I'm consistently a civil libertarian, regardless of which way that cuts. And so sometimes I'm going to say things that help the Republicans. Sometimes I'm going to say things that help the Democrats. I'm not even going to think about whether it helps the Democrats or the Republicans. That's for other people to think about. I'm going to only think about what does the Constitution say? What is the right civil liberties approach? What is the right approach under the rule of law? And I'm going to make sure I pass the shoe on the other foot test. And I'm going to challenge others to pass the shoe on the other foot test. So, so what's the case against Biden? Remember that uh, according to the Bible and according to our Constitution, um, fathers are not responsible for the sins of their children. And children, as my son reminds me all the time, are not responsible for the sins of their, of their father. Uh, so if there's going to be an impeachment of uh, President Biden, it would have to be for his crimes, his sins. Now they're going to say, oh, Hunter Biden's crimes and sins benefited, benefited uh, President uh, Biden. But that doesn't constitute treason, bribery or other high crimes or misdemeanors. So they're going to have to come up with with something else. They, they may not even try to if they have enough votes in the House of Representatives to impeach. They'll impeach. I don't think they'll have enough votes because I think there are enough principled Republicans uh, who will not violate their own oath of office and violate their own principles about what they said previously when when Trump was um, uh, impeached. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether or not people are consistent. I'm going to listen very, very carefully for Professor Lawrence Tribe. And he knows I'm listening. So maybe he'll be a good boy this time, but I don't know. I doubt it. I think he'll he'll come up with arguments for why um, Biden shouldn't be impeached, which are exactly the mirror image of arguments he made as to why um, um, President Trump should be impeached. And he did remember say he wanted Trump impeached before he even got into office or the day he got into office, uh, which is so clearly unconstitutional constitution provides that it has to be done while you're in office, not not years before or months before or years after. So we're going to see what happens. You know, they will argue that Biden uh, threatened uh, Ukraine uh, unless they change prosecutors. A, that happened before he was president. And I don't think he could be impeached for being vice president now that he's president. And B, that you know, that didn't sound like the kind of quid pro quo that crosses the line from uh, from too criminal. I made the same point about uh, President Trump, and I will I will stick to my points um, and and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. First, I mean, there are a lot of things that have to happen before that eventuality comes about. The Republicans have to win. Nobody knows what's going to happen. The trend seems to be in favor of Republicans winning. Um, two of my friends uh, wrote an op-ed in today's Wall Street Journal predicting a Republican victory in the House of Representatives, saying that the attitudes of voters in the past month or so has shifted quite dramatically from focusing on issues like abortion to issues like the economy, particularly with the economy really tanking. Of course, today the market's up a lot. Yesterday the market was up a lot. And um, 
as you know, incumbent administrations can manipulate the market somewhat and often do, but it's not the market. It's not Wall Street that determines votes. It's Main Street. It's uh, whether or not people have enough money to put food on the table, put gas in their cars. And um, the economy, stupid, is what um, uh, Carvel uh, coined when Clinton was running for president back uh, 30 years ago. Uh, And it's still the economy, whether stupid or smart. It's still the economy. It's still people's pocketbooks and people's wallets that often determine their votes uh, more so than issues like abortion, gun control, gay rights, climate control. Now, you know, the war in in Ukraine will affect some voters. We're living at a time when there is a 1% chance, maybe less, maybe more, that we could be in for changing from a cold war to a very hot war. Um, I don't think Putin would be foolish enough to use even tactical nuclear weapons or to attack a NATO nation. Um, And of course, if you attack Ukraine with nuclear weapons, you're attacking a NATO nation because nuclear weapons don't recognize borders and radiation will probably seep into Poland and other NATO nations. And then the United States is by treaty obligated to respond. Um, Do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think it's going to happen. Is it possible? It is possible. And will it depend on who is in charge of Congress? To some degree, we're not going to declare war. So it, it, it doesn't matter in, in that respect. Um, it, you know, even the Iran deal, which we've talked about before, the president, President Biden and, and President Obama before him, believe that the Iran treaty doesn't require congressional approval. I think it requires approval of two thirds of the Senate. But uh, that uh, perhaps will get litigated someday if anybody has standing to to challenge it. So Let's wait and see. Let's see, A, will the Republicans gain control of the House? Very likely. Will they gain control of the Senate? Much less likely, but possible. Uh, They already have control of the Supreme Court, and that's going to last for a long, 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 long time. And nobody knows who's going to control the presidency um, two years and a month from now, um, which is the blink of an eye. For an 84-year-old man, it's even quicker than the blink of an eye. Um, But for anybody of any age, uh, we're already, once November 10th rolls around, uh, we're going to be in the presidential election um, period of time. And and we're going to see. At this point, we don't know who's going to run. At this point, we don't know who's going to get nominated. We certainly don't know who's going to get elected. What we do know is whoever gets elected and if the other party's in power in the House, they'll impeach him. That's going to become a routine part of the political process. It was what Alexander Hamilton called the most dangerous part of the power of Congress, the power to impeach based not on principles, not on the text of the Constitution, but on how many votes you can get. And, you know, we had President Ford, who I generally liked, foolishly saying the grinds for impeachment or whatever whatever majority the House wants, and whatever two-thirds of the Senate want. That's really another way of saying the House and the Senate are above the law, because the law is clear. Treason, bribery, other high crimes and misdemeanors. It's not whatever the House or the Senate want. And Congresswoman uh, Waters, who was recently praised by um, President Biden, 
said the same thing. He just said, you know, rules don't apply to us. We can impeach anybody we want. We can remove anybody we want. No, they can't. And even uh, there may be the possibility of recourse to the Supreme Court if uh, an impeachment is overtly based on non-constitutional grounds, if it's an unconstitutional impeachment. Nobody knows the answer to that. Two justices in dissenting or concurring opinions suggested the possibility that could happen. Uh, clearly, they'd be standing, but the question is, is it a political question or is it a judiciable question? And I don't know the answer to that, having taught this area for, what, 55 years, and I doubt there are very many people who know the answers um, to those to those questions. Uh, Supreme Court's going to be busy this year. It's going to have a lot, a lot of cases, um, the Harvard case involving whether you can use race um, as a basis for admission. North Carolina case. There's a case involving Andy Warhol's art. There are cases involving so many fascinating and interesting issues. People forget that about 90% of cases that are argued in the Supreme Court have no interest to the public. They're technical cases involving uh, conflict in the circuits. Uh, does a bank uh, owned by a company uh, is can the bank be criminally prosecuted if the country doesn't support it? You know, these are very technical jurisdictional questions that uh, occupy most of the time in the Supreme Court. But it's interesting because race is going to play a, a big role uh, this year. And Justice Jackson has made her views clear. Um, she believes that race can be taken into account in um um, in the context of voting rights and of gerrymandering. And I bet you that she also says it can be taken into account in college uh, admission. I think she would be wrong about that. But um, uh, and, and she's probably only one of three who believes that. I don't know what Justice Roberts believes about that. But just to get back to the main thrust of this, stay tuned, watch carefully, listen carefully, and we'll see whether or not the Republicans will try, if they get control of the House, to impeach Biden. And if they do, you can count on me opposing that without regard to partisan considerations. I would have made exactly the same argument for Hillary Clinton, for Joe Biden, as I did for Donald Trump. And half of you won't like me, and half of you will, and then the half that like me won't like me next time. That's what it means to be a principled civil libertarian. Okay, let's turn to some letters. I praised Henry Kissinger the other day, and I got a whole bunch of letters saying, how can you praise Henry Kissinger? Here's one of them. Dersh respects Kissinger. Kissinger was a butcher, a war criminal exposed by Christopher Hitchens. Well, I didn't like particularly Christopher Hitchens, uh, but I did and do like Henry Kissinger. I um, ended up sitting near him in my synagogue for Yom Kippur this year, uh, he's 99 years old and still sharp as you can uh, be. I've known Henry since he was a professor in the political science department at Harvard College. His son and my son were in the same class in high school, and I knew him only only casually then. I was critical of many of the things he did, supportive of many other things he did, but he's a great man, a brilliant, brilliant man. There are no heroes. Everybody has clay feet. Um, but he's not a war criminal, and he was a great patriot, and a man who came from nothing, immigrated family from um, from Germany, comes to America, 
becomes Rockefeller's uh, national security guy when Rockefeller was running for president, when Rockefeller lost the nomination to Nixon. Nixon very smartly said to Rockefeller, I'm taking your national security guy. He seems pretty smart. So um, you can have whatever you views want about Kissinger. He's not a busher. He's not a war criminal. He's a brilliant tactician and strategist uh, who has made some decisions that uh, you have the right to disagree with and I have the right to disagree with. Okay, next. Um, well, Trump hasn't committed any crimes, yet Joe and Hunter have committed many crimes, as did Hillary. And if people bothered to look, uh, so did Obama, Clinton, and Bush, too. So tell me, well, you know, thank God you're not the Attorney General of the United States. For you, a crime is something you don't like. Um, but no, uh, Joe Biden has not committed any uh, crimes. I, I, I don't think that uh, 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 Donald Trump has committed any crimes. At least I don't think any that can be proved beyond a reasonable doubt and without ambiguity. And, and Hillary, uh, you know, if she did, they were akin to what Trump did, uh, taking classified material and improperly handling it. And uh, Obama. I didn't like Obama, certainly in his last term, but I can't find any crime. So let's not weaponize the criminal justice system. Let's not turn everything into crimes. Crimes are things that are stated in the statute books. There's no such thing in America as common law crimes. You can't make it up as you go along. Okay. If you frame this whole thing as political, then maybe what you're saying makes a bit of sense. But how about answering the question in terms of alleged crimes committed, Hunter Biden? has a litany of potential charges with pretty clear evidence on his infamous laptop and corroborating witnesses showing his interactions and deals with foreign government with his daddy in the loop. No, I didn't see that. He may mention the big man, but there's no evidence of um, Joe Biden being in the loop. But with Donald Trump, on the other hand, I have yet to see any evidence of crime, nor have I seen any witnesses or laptops stating, showing, proving that a crime was committed. Well, we know that he had in his possession material of a classified nature, which was supposed to go to the archives and was not supposed to go to his house. He claims he declassified them, and that's a question of fact. So we'll see. But I, I agree with you that I don't think there have been crimes uh, committed, but I think there haven't been crimes committed on either side. I would not like to see any of the people that have been mentioned here criminally prosecuted. Could President Biden pardon Hunter if Hunter is convicted? Finally, a question with a very simple answer. Yes, of course. The pardon power is absolute. Could he pardon himself? That's a debatable question. And uh, But pardon his son, of course. Of course he can. And um, presidents have pardoned people very, very close to them. Um, and so the answer to that question clearly is yes. Okay. Alan, I have a question unrelated to this topic. Why do you think a large portion of John F. Kennedy's files have yet to be declassified? There's a lot of theories out there. I don't know if any of you saw a recent uh, TV documentary. It was very, very good on uh, Marilyn Monroe and her death. And um, it talks a lot about the relationships between Marilyn Monroe and uh, Robert Kennedy and and. Um, um, John Kennedy also attributes to their father a really damning quote. I have no idea whether it's true or not, but if it's true, it would explain a lot. They attribute to Joe Kennedy advice to his sons 
um, have sex as often as you can with as many people as you can. These are two his married sons. Um, and uh, of course, there are all kinds of allegations about uh, sex between some of the Kennedys and and Marilyn Monroe. We know there was there were a lot of um, improper actions by many presidents uh, over the years. Um, why haven't all the data in the Kennedy assassination been uh, produced? I can give you a little bit of inside information on that. I was a law clerk. When the Kennedy assassination uh, took place, I was the one who told the nine justices that President Kennedy had been shot. And they had all come to my office because it was obviously uh, in the in the fall. And I was the only person in the Supreme Court among all the clerks and the justices who had a TV in his office. Uh, why? Because I had watched TV in the World Series um, and I hadn't taken it home. It was a little black and white TV. And the justices all came to my office to watch Walter Cronkite pronounce that the president um, was dead. Uh, Justice White, who was a very close friend, uh, President Kennedy cried like a child. Uh, the chief justice ordered all the justices to secure locations, left the law clerks behind. Shortly thereafter, I got a request to, once I finished my clerkship, to become a junior staff person on the Warren Commission. Well, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? So I went to my boss, my mentor, Justice Goldberg, and said, I've been offered an opportunity to work on the Warren Commission. He said, don't do it. Don't do it. A Warren Commission doesn't have as its job to come up with the truth. It has as its job to make sure that we don't go to war with the Soviet Union. It has as its job to make sure that whatever the facts are, whatever the evidence is, the commission could state unequivocally this was not a Russian agent. This was not a Russian plot. This was not a Cuban plot. Uh, this was a single gunman, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, on his own, who shot and killed the president. That's what the report's going to show, and that's what the report is intended to show, and that's why the great patriot Earl Warren agreed with President Lyndon Johnson's request to serve as chairman of the committee because there was a predetermined outcome. Now, I happen to think that the predetermined outcome was correct. I happen to think that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. Um, but, you know, there's some evidence that points to Cuba, to connections between Cuba and the mafia. There's all kind of speculation. Uh, I think it was Woody Allen who talked about sometime uh, reading the nonfiction version of the Warren Commission report. The Warren Commission report is deeply, deeply flawed. But uh, there are probably things in the files that uh, would shed some light on that. And there are probably some secrets that will never, ever be revealed. There's no reason for that. In a democracy, um, they should be revealed. This is a kind of personal question. Are you speaking publicly during your upcoming Israel trip? I'm going to Israel uh, for uh, a good part of a month. Um, I have to be at some conferences and make some speeches. And yes, there will be some open public speeches while I'm in Israel. I love speaking in Israel. The audiences are always... Uh, terrific. Uh, nobody agrees with anybody. I'll end with a good, good story about Israel. So my uncle, uh, Zachariah, um, we call him Zaki, um, is now 96 years old, be 97. Um, in, in December, he's just written a book called The Dershowitz Family Saga. But for his 95th birthday, uh, we arranged to have 100 of his relatives on the Zoom uh, call with him. And um, we're all praising him and talking about him. And suddenly I get 
on the Zoom and I say, please can have your attention. There's somebody really important who wants to wish Uncle Zachy a happy birthday. Oh, no, everybody get in line, get in line. And I said, no, this is really important. So the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu at the time gets on the Zoom call on the phone and says, Uncle Zachy, you know, uh, Alan's a friend of mine. He has told me about your birthday. I just want to wish you a happy birthday. Good luck and mazel tov. And my uncle says, wait a minute. I'm talking to the prime minister of Israel and you're going to hang up. I have so many things to tell you about what you're doing wrong. You're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. And he kept the prime minister on for 20 minutes. And finally, after it was over, Bibi called me and said, I was just trying to congratulate him. What kind of trouble did you get me into? And I said, well, you know, his last name is Dershowitz. Don't expect he's just going to let you off the hook that way. So in Israel, everybody's contentious. Everybody has an opinion. There are seven million prime ministers in Israel and seven million chiefs of staff of the army. And so I'm looking forward to having a great time. But there will be some there will be some public events, some smaller events. And I'm hoping to uh, zoom uh, from Israel and maybe uh, bring you up to date on some of the interesting developments there. So I'll see you tomorrow.